Welcome to GC365. I am Pastor Mariah. I'm our children's pastor at our Lake Stevens campus. And I'm Emily. I'm one of the bookkeepers here at Gold Creek. And more than that, Emily is one of my best and closest friends. Um, and a little fact, um, my kids call her Emily because so when my oldest Royce was young, he couldn't say Emily, so he called her Emily. And so now it's her, our little pet name for her. Yep. We still call her Emily, even though they're all speaking very clearly. <laughs> yep, I love it. Uh, we met Emily when, I, when, how old was Royce? He was like six months old. Six months old when we met, yeah. and now he's six. I know, and now you have two more for me to love on. And two more. Awesome. And speaking of which, today's October yeah. 12th, which means tomorrow is my middle Pratt. It is his fourth birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Pratt. Happy birthday, Pratt Pratt. <laughs> so cute. Well, we're really excited today. Um, I think something that Emily and I talked a lot about when we were preparing for this is just the idea of what an incredible blessing to have a community that we're doing this together with. I yeah. really hope that you guys are plugged into a reading plan with other people that you guys are sharing in the comments because when I went to Emily and I was like, all right, here's what we're talking about. I really like this set of verses in First Thessalonians. I really want to focus on it. And she was like, yeah, but Mariah, remember? Like all this stuff in Jeremiah and there was this and there was this. <laughs> and we just started like building off of each other. Yeah. And before we knew it, we were like, that's what we're doing. We're talking we're about this. Talk about it. Yeah. And I think it was so important because there were so many things she picked up on in, in, in these verses in Jeremiah that I hadn't really picked up on. Mm -hmm. And there were things in First Thessalonians that I was super amped about that she was mm -hmm. like, oh, I hadn't actually thought about that. Yeah. Right. It's just a great way to, you know, hear other people's perspectives about what they got out of it because everybody's going to get something different out of the reading. And so it's nice to be able to talk about it in a safe space to, you know, yeah, get yeah. more insight into it. So I really hope you guys, if you're not, it's not too late to get plugged in with a group yeah. that is doing this because there really is something about having community. God um, created us to crave community for a reason. And so this text is so rich that we can get something out of it mm -hmm. and Emily can get something out of it and you can get something out of it. And if we're all communicating about what we're getting out of it together, <laughs> it just goes so much farther, right? Yeah. So, um, but I want to start first by talking about chapter 19 of jeremiah yes. he uses an object lesson you kids team people you love your object we lessons. love a good object yes. lesson when your kid leaves church on sunday morning they may not remember all of my talking points but i guarantee you most of the time they will remember the object lesson that i used and yeah. we tie it in yeah. and jeremiah does this and i got so amped yeah. i was like look at jeremiah <laughs> using object lessons uh, i like i mean we're in our we're wrapping up our Good News Effect sermon series here, and I really liked um, some of the object lessons we used, and I'd like to give a little shout out to the kids team because we had such a good object lesson on happiness versus joy that our own Pastor Dan stole it nice. and used it on a Sunday morning. Nice. So uh, it was a balloon and he popped it, happiness versus joy. And I'm telling you, object lessons are so resounding when it comes to getting the takeaway. Yeah. So we see, um, Jeremiah using an object lesson with the, the clay pot and crashing that clay pot. And uh, we love that. That's awesome. I love a good object <laughs> lesson. But we were really thinking about Jeremiah and this resounding idea of bold faith. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah accepts this burden to be a prophet, yeah. knowing he's going to be giving all of this awful news. And even to the extent of having his own friends turn against him. Right. Right. That's, yeah. That's what really stood out to me was that oh, you have all this knowledge, you get this clear message from God, you know all of these things before they're going to happen, and you get to, you know, foreshadow all of these things mm. and tell people what's coming down the pike here for them, but also how much of a burden that is yeah. to know all of those things and have to deliver 
bad news to these people or you know what's going to come of of their nation and their community and so how how hard that must have been yeah. to it's, have that. It says in um, chapter 20, verse 10, it says, um, Jeremiah says, I have heard the many rumors about me. They call me the man who lives in terror. They threaten, if you say anything, we will report it. Even my old friends were watching me, waiting for a fatal slip. Mm -hmm. He will trap himself, they say, and then we will get our revenge on him. Yeah. I'm like sitting here, like even your friends are turning against you. And he sits there and he goes, it's okay. This is important. I've got to do it. Yeah. And so I have a question. Would you like to know the future? If you could be a prophet knowing that it meant you would see the future. Is that something you would enjoy? I don't think I would like to know everything that's going to happen in the future. It takes the, I feel like it takes the joy out of being surprised by things, good or bad. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't know, you know what's going to happen and so we have that um like ability to just trust god and have this faith in him that he's going to you know take care of us in our future and we're not going to have that burden of oh well we already know this is going to happen so yeah. we already you know we can't really plan for anything different because whatever we do that's just what's going to happen i also think i kind of think the same but oppositely if you know the future uh -huh. and you get to see god's promises being fulfilled you get to marvel in yeah. actively watching him fulfill the promises yeah. that only you know that he's already promised to have happen mm -hmm. you get to watch his will play out and marvel in his ability to be faithful and so yeah. i don't i still don't think i'd want to know but yeah, i just no. think it would be pretty cool to watch to watch actively have a you know a front row seat to yeah. god fulfilling his promises yeah um, that you know about so um yeah we i was thinking more and more jeremiah reminds me so much of isaiah because mm -hmm. they knew these prophets knew they were going to be unliked unwelcomed persecuted yeah. tortured for their messages we see jeremiah get arrested in chapter 20 and they're willing to do it anyways um mm -hmm. and they can't fathom not doing it so we see this verse in jeremiah 20 verse 8 the second half of the verse of eight and into verse nine, it says, so these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say, I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in and I can't do it. I love that. I get goosebumps. I know. <laughs> thinking about this the idea that if he didn't do it it yep. would just be aching in his soul and yeah. he has no option he's like this is gonna suck right. this is gonna but you know i don't have any other option because it burns inside of me yeah so i think yeah him and isaiah are like in my mind like yep. dang that's a hard job <laughs> yeah so yeah you drew yeah that conclusion or that comparison there and i immediately thought of jeremiah and jesus in their ministries and how that mm. kind of compares how jeremiah was persecuted for delivering these messages his friends other people were waiting for him to slip up um much like when jesus was ministering the pharisees were always trying to catch him healing on the sabbath so they could take him down and um doing anything that would go against their laws so that they could you know arrest him yeah. and so it's the same yeah same type of thing he was like well this is my ministry this is my message that i have to share and i have to do this and nothing can stop me that's a good yeah. comparison too i mean if you can ever be compared to jesus i, I feel like that's a good day right yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm okay with that comparison if you want to compare me to jesus go for it i'll take that 
Uh, these prophets were so bold in their faith, and it definitely makes me wonder how bold are we in our faith? Mm-hmm. Um, how often has the Holy Spirit given you a prompting? Mm-hmm. And I, I tell the kids, and this is how, what I tell your kids on a Sunday morning when they come in, they, uh, we say, how does God speak to us? And I say, through the Holy Spirit, how does that feel? Well, it feels like that tickle in your stomach. Um, when you feel like you see someone and you know you need to go say something to them, or your mm-hmm. friend's upset and you're like, maybe I should go comfort them. Or when you see someone on the side of the road and, and you just have that little prompting in your stomach. When you've done yeah. something you know you're not supposed to do and you get that guilty feeling, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Right. And so we are just thinking like how many times has the Holy Spirit prompted you to do something and you've done it out of obedience, but more importantly, how many times have you disobeyed? I think if there's been so many times and I'm so ashamed by it, but there's so many times I talk myself out of doing what God has called me to do because my worry of how they view me outweighs my obedience to God. And, um, being obedient is, I mean, what God has called us to do. Yeah. But I often also compare myself to my darling husband. Mark is, probably the most obedient person to the Holy Spirit that I've ever personally met. He is always inviting people to church, talking Uh about his faith, striking up conversations. The man met a homeless guy, gosh, eight years ago, still remembers his name, his whole full story, took him grocery shopping for food for his family. The guy the next day calls Mark on his phone and is like, hey, bro, I need blah, 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 whatever it was. I mean, Mark still talks about him to this day. He listened to God's prompting, the Holy Spirit's prompting, and was faithful and did it. And if I could have a fraction of even my husband's boldness (laughs) in his faith, like, shoot, that man is so bold and so obedient to doing what God has called him to do. Yeah. He really is. And he's, it's so easy for him to just strike up these conversations and he's forward about it. And yeah, so I've definitely seen that side of Mark too. But um, the one instance that came to mind when I was thinking about moments when I've been bold like this um, was we were leaving Costco. I was with my parents. We were leaving Costco, stopped at the red light. And there was a lady standing at the side of the road with a sign and she was very, very pregnant. And I just, without even thinking about it, just immediately um, grabbed what little cash I had in my purse, jumped out of the car, like in the middle of the road, and ran across the street and just handed it to her, like said a prayer and a blessing for her and her baby and just like the health of her um, pregnancy and her baby. And it was something that, you know, I, I almost had that moment of hesitation. And normally, yeah. like you said, I would totally just justify it or like think twice about it and not act on it. Or, you know, we're in the car, we're leaving, we're on the road. Like it's not the right time to do that. But I just had that gut feeling and I was like, I, I have to move. Like if I don't do this, I'm going to miss an opportunity here. And so, yeah, I think about her all the time about like how, how she's doing and how her baby is. And, um, so that was definitely a moment where the Holy spirit prompted me to be bold and step out of my comfort zone yeah. and do that. And I yeah. had to act on it. So totally, I mean, yeah. God totally used you in that moment and yeah. who knows what life you changed. Right. And even if you don't, that's the other right. thing I think about, even if I don't actively am not the single person to change the life, right. what seeds am I sowing mm-hmm. and planting that God will water and, and harvest. But exactly. we're going to jump into the first Thessalonians. <laughs> this was the one I was super amped about. Um, Paul is writing to the people of Thessalonica and he's encouraging them. He wants to tell them you've done so well in standing strong in the face of adversity and persecution. Mm -hmm. Keep up the hard work. But I want to talk about the direct things that he says to them in the set of verses. So let's go through it. Paul tells the Thessalonians to be on guard, to not be asleep like others, to be alert and clear-headed. He says, encourage each other, build each other up. He tells them to honor their leaders, showing them respect and wholehearted love. 
and to live peacefully with each other. He urges them to warn those who are lazy and timid, to take care of those who are weak, to be patient with everyone. And he says, always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. We got 14. Yep. And that's if I'm combining a, a few you know, commands together. Yep. In, in 12 verses, we get all of this instruction. Yeah. And here's the thing that I love about the way that Paul is writing to the people in Thessalonica is he's clear and he's direct. Mm -hmm. So often we read scripture and we wonder how it interprets to our common, our, 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 our lives here, right? right? But Paul is very direct and it's something that we can take. Mm -hmm. We can warn those who are lazy and timid. These are action steps that we can actively take now. We don't yeah. have to figure out what did he mean by this? What did he mean by that? He's not speaking in vagues. He's speaking in absolutes. He's speaking in direct action mm -hmm. steps. I love a good straight action step. So I really like the way that Paul wrote this to the Thessalonians. Yeah, I thought it was so easy to just go through and like pick out these little nuggets. And I had this idea of which I still need to go back through and do and write these action steps down just on their own mm -hmm. sticky notes, you know, and like put them up on my mirror in the morning so that I can like read over these things, pray over those for my day to just, you know, give me joy. Like I want to yeah. always be praying. I want to be thankful for these things. Let me help me build somebody else up today. Um, you know, just kind of use it as like a prayer guide or for just, you know, daily living, daily instruction that we can take from. Yeah. I even think yeah. picking one to two of these things to focus on right. a week and you just make that your focus for the week. I think yeah. these first three, I'll re reiterate them. That it's be on guard. Don't be asleep like others being alert and clear headed. I think in our current climate, just in our world, these are things that we need to mm -hmm. be focused on, regardless of where you lie on the political spectrum or any of that kind of stuff, being alert to what's going on around you in the world, in the current climate, in the current culture, right. all of these things are things that are so incredibly important and that yeah. we can take from. So here, Paul's message to the people in Thessalonica <laughs> is something that like actively is, is something that we can yeah. engage in right now. Yeah. So I always love it when that happens. Yeah, it's like, cool. oh, it is just <laughs> like it's written to me right now. And then last but not least. Oh, good old Proverbs. Good old Proverbs. To convict us. <laughs> to convict us again. Proverbs 25 verses 9 through 10. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation. So it's back to what you said about like, we care about what other people think about us. Yes. And we don't want this label on us I don't. at all, ever. I try really hard to have this, um, to have my reputation be one of um, dedicated and hardworking, trustworthy. I want to be yeah. dependable. I work hard to make sure that those attributes are something that I live up to. And even the idea of an accidental slip, even accidental mm. on purpose, I, listen, even accidental and being labeled as a gossip. Gosh, that just makes me so up, like I'm getting anxious thinking about it. I do not want to be labeled as a gossip. My reputation needs to stand. No. Yes. I know when we were talking about this, I was saying, speaking of gossip, um, one time in middle school, but I'm not about to gossip. I'm just, this has stuck with me since middle school. There was, she was one of the most popular girls in our class. We were all standing outside. It was like during, after lunchtime. And there was this big group of people talking. And I remember she physically removed herself from the conversation, stepped out. And she said, 
oh, I, I'm not going to be a part of gossip. Like, I don't gossip and I don't want to be a part of that. Ugh, and it really so stuck good. out to me for all this time. I think about that incident because she physically removed herself from yeah. that situation because it is such a slippery slope when you're with friends or people that you trust and you're, what's the difference between gossip and venting and, mm -hmm. you know, talking about your feelings or talking poorly about somebody else? Would you confront them and say that to their face? But sometimes you just have to completely remove yourself yeah. from the situation. And I think, and that's what I mean, we talked about a lot, is that's yeah. a slippery slope of, I'm just venting, and before right. you know it, you're talking poorly of somebody else. And right. Man, vicious I can't. Cycle. It's such a vicious cycle, but it's one that we need to be careful of. It's something yeah. that we can easily fall in. I think that's exactly the problem with sin, is it's an easy trap to fall into. Mm -hmm. It's easy to excuse one tiny behavior, and then it becomes an entire culture, an entire habit that you have. Right. I mean, if we're not careful now, Right. It becomes something. So even if gossip is not something you struggle with now, watch your words now. Right. Because who knows how one tiny slip will turn you into a gossip altogether. Yeah. Also, what's that friend's name? What's that girl's name? Addison. Addison. Great <laughs> job, Addison. If you're watching. <laughs> Good job, Addison. Way to make a lasting Left impression mark. on Emily. Because of you, Addison, we yeah. try not to gossip. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think this today's text was so good. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. We went. I'm, I'm sure we probably went long, but it was so worth it. We had so much good, good stuff to cover. Great little nuggets to take from. So mm -hmm. I hope that you guys got as much as we did. In the comments, let us know. Did we miss something that you absolutely loved? Mm -hmm. Because the, again, back to that community thing. I want to know yeah. what you're getting out of this because I want to make sure that I'm getting everything I can right. even if it's just selfishly right. I want to know what you're getting so that I can get more yeah. so um, just leave all that stuff in the comments and uh, have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow